You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, released on the 22nd of March, 2020. Claire Industries? Lady Claire? Lady Suzanne Claire? Hmm, apparently so. She's back. And she's branched out. Coming up in this podcast, we delve into our latest reviews with the 12th Doctor Chronicles and Doctor Who Short Trips deleted scenes. And this week it's a countermeasures special as we go behind the scenes with the latest adventures for the new countermeasures teams, the Novella Maneuver and the Dalek Gambit. Ooh, yes, we delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Hmm. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of the new countermeasures, the Millennium Manoeuvre. The Millennium Manoeuvre. The Millennium Manoeuvre. The Magnum. I tell you something, I can never spell manoeuvre and typing that so many times today, I've I've learned finally at the age of 58. (laughs) I've learned how to spell manoeuvre without looking it up. Nicholas Briggs, age 58. (laughs) And it's one of those like dot to dots, like going on the dots to spell the word. (laughs) Manoeuvre. Kill Nick and Benji. Hello, I'm Benji, he's Nick, Big Finish Productions. So much audio drama goodness for you to listen to. Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake 7, The Prisoner, Space 99, Time Slip, Dracula. It's all there at bigfinish.com and on our free listening app. You can also read all about it in our free downloadable magazine, Vortex. Vortex. Did you say Space 99? (laughs) I might have done. It's the new ice cream from Big Finish Productions. You can have a Space 99. It's got a big flake in it. Um, Now, uh, if anyone... I don't know whether the whole 99 thing is known outside of the UK. I suppose not. I suppose suppose it wouldn't be. Well, for those who don't know, it's... uh, it's a, a Mr. Whippet, even though it's an ice cream that you can get from the ice cream vans that traditionally it was sold for 99 pence. Um, the irony of all of this thing, so it's, a, it's like white ice cream and it's, you've got a flake in there in a cornet, uh, in a cor- I was about to say, in a cornetto, in a cornet. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, the irony is, is that you used to buy them for uh, for 99p, but now they're about £1.50 to £1.99. £2 now, it's just crazy. Yeah, I've got two fifty. I've paid for a 99 For a 99 yeah. it's just shocking, isn't it? They still call it a 99. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Ice Cream Podcast. Uh, We hope you're all keeping safe out there. We're all living uh, through troubling, tense and historic times. Rest assured that we at Big Finish are working flat out to help entertain you during this period of long isolation caused by the pandemic. As you may have seen from our public announcement this week, we've paused our studio recordings, but luckily for us all... Uh, because of the work of so many brilliant people, but I'd like to single out our senior producer, David Richardson, in particular, for his meticulous planning and constant desire to get things into studio very early. There's likely to be no noticeable effect on our release schedule until the end of the year, towards the end of the year, at which time uh, we plan to have brought forward and rescheduled a few things as well. Uh, You see, we've discovered just how many of our actors have home studios, so people will be recording in isolation and will be coming together online to create productions that will be edited together uh, much as we do with studio recordings now yes discuss 
Benji. Just as well. It's, it's because... interesting and strange times, isn't it? Um, and I think this is something actually that, that would never have been possible, um, say, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, because when we started Big Finish, this wouldn't have been possible. It would have just been. I mean, don't forget, we, halt, we were sending it? each other CDs. Back then. <laughs> I mean, I know you were in short trousers and saying, Daddy, would you play football with me? But I never uh, said that. <laughs> <laughs> no football here. Um, yeah, but now, you know, actors have the ability to record from home in a, in a high quality. And so, you know, to much to much I said, it would be as though nothing really ever happened in the world of Big Finish. But it's different, and it's in, in some ways well, it's exciting. It's, it's a well, change. recording separately in their own home, it's sort of, because you'll just get a separate track with each actor on, it's pretty much the same as recording in the studio with separate tracks for each actor, except the separation will be even better <laughs> because well, they're yeah. at home. And that's the thing, I mean, a lot of it, as, you know, as we both know as sound designers, Nick, um, sometimes with some releases that we've done uh, we have this anyway certainly doing a lot of the eighth doctor releases so uh, i'd like to single out the latest uh, i think it's day of the master um we had masters all over the place recording lines from all over the world and so a lot of that was was fitting it all together to make it work seamlessly so in in times like this that's where you know thank goodness that we can do that and that we know it works and we we've already got sound designers all over the place who've been doing this for years now so we can continue which is which is so good actually yes and the reason i just wanted to mention it in the podcast is because um when we posted the uh news that we were pausing recording but said it wouldn't have any you know noticeable effect a lot of people just you know people sometimes only read half a statement <laughs> and they said oh well I'll, I'll come back to you when you're when you're back in business and go no we haven't stopped we're still <laughs> stay, that's stay, not stay there <laughs> That's precisely the opposite of what we just said. You said, look, we're not shutting down. People go, oh, well, sorry, you're shutting down. No, we're not. The, did you not see the not bit? You know, it's just really weird when people... But, you know, it takes all sorts to make a world, doesn't it? And it's not like I've never misunderstood anything. So, um, Well, it's, it's crazy times as well. Harshly. You know, we're all, we're all trying to read and cram in so many things, aren't we? There's so much to read. I mean, it's... You know, there's yeah. announcements from pretty much every company I've, you know, I'm, I must have bought some socks from people 20 years ago and I'm getting an email from them saying, us here at the Great Socks Company would like to tell you of our strategy. So there's a lot to take in. Um, and likewise, yes. people have been saying, you know, are we going to continue podcasting throughout this? And yes, I, I absolutely, you know, we're with you uh, 100% of the way through this um, because, you know, it's this is now I believe is a time that we need you know we need entertainment and we need people to just have a bit of a laugh really and that's what we, we do need best. to talk to you folks yeah we do it's sad <laughs> I mean the only thing that will stop us is if one of us gets ill and then they'll just be instantly replaced as though they never existed yeah exist 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 <laughs> yeah and that's it but you know hopefully oh, Nick, as apparently Nick's ill just get someone else just get a cardboard box uh, <laughs> yeah there you go it's got a beard that'll do um, also, I wanted to say something. Uh, I'd, I'd love to give you some news now about Big Finish Day, but I can't because we need to consult with Quad and Steve Hatcher of the Hoovers, and it's only fair that we coordinate with them first because we're we're in this together. But there will be some news which should be out today if you're listening to this on Sunday the 22nd of March, which is the day this podcast is released. But, of course, there's a whole week or months or years in which you can catch up with it. Um, but, yeah... Today, at round about noon, we should be releasing some news about it. That's all I can say at the moment. Sorry, I can't say anything more helpful 
Sorry, very annoying. God, so Briggs. I'm just going to read the highway code. <laughs> He's, and the funniest thing so, is he has got the highway code there. 6P. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was 6P in 1971. That's my copy of the highway code from 1971. It was a Crown copyright 1968, reprinted 1971. Uh, the road user on foot. The road user on wheels. Motorway driving. Extra rules for cyclists. Always extra rules for cyclists. Always. Never stop. Why do they get the extra rules? Why can't I have some extra rules? I don't know what I'm talking about. It's all gone pear-shaped. But uh, that's news items certainly there in terms of instant news. Instant news. Um, but let's get on now with a few reviews. Instant reviews. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week... We're talking about the Twelfth Doctor Chronicles and the Doctor Who short trips deleted scenes featuring Jamie McCrimmon. Is that how you spell McCrimmon? Let's have a look there. Uh, I don't know whether I got that right. And I the think second, it is. It yeah, matter. no, you are right. It you doesn't correct. matter because I just drew attention to my own potential ignorance. Uh, and the second Doctor, obviously, with Jamie McCrimmon. First up, Jake Dudman as the Twelfth Doctor. Hello, hello, is this working? Hey, this is the Doctor. From Big Finish Productions. What's good? How do you fancy a spin? Seriously? The Twelfth Doctor Chronicles, Volume 1. Around them, stones and mortar of the castle began to rebuild. The mist's rolling back. There's a whole army out there. Don't move! Stand in the wrong place and you'll find yourself trapped inside a stone wall. What's happening? We're being pulled further into the past. Crimea, British Hotel. It's you! Sir? You're Mary Seacole. The very same. Please, go away. You're not real. I'm imagining this. I can't hear you. I won't hear you. Sanctuary! I demand sanctuary! The doctor span on his heel, grabbing Danny. Don't stand on ceremony, P.E. Move yourself. Don't call me, P.E. Or too late! yelled the Doctor. Doctor, get down! Big finish. We love stories. You know this bit, folks. If you go to bigfinish.com and type in the words 12th into the... Uh, and Doctor, you can put 12th and Doctor if you yeah, want, yeah. into the search pane at the top there, you know, yeah, sort of round mm. thing, uh, oh, then yes, you should yeah. be able to get to this one straight away. So, first up then, this one from DoctorWhoReviews.net. Hi, Doctor Who Reviews. Hello. Um, the 12th Doctor Chronicles as a whole is a successful and respectful foray into this recent era that, again, proves that Big Finish is more than capable of expanding its reach within the Doctor Who universe whenever the opportunity presents itself. Mm. Uh, the Digital Vix... The Digital Vix... I don't know what that is. <laughs> Vix Sinex Nasal Spray. The Digital Vix.com uh, says, Jake Dudman should be praised for invoking a performance from a man 40 years his senior. Yeah, don't rub it in. I'm 40 years as senior. <laughs> as well as his extensive preparation and perpetual enthusiasm. His engaging main performance alongside those of returning quasi-companions and new faces alike is the centrepiece of four fun, well-written and thematically rich episodes of Doctor Who that draw from one of the newest and freshest eras of the show. Sorry about my inability to read properly. 
<laughs> SciFiPulse.net says Jacob Dubman is absolutely marvellous once again as the narrator, mm -hmm. the Twelfth Doctor, and pretty much every other character not played by his four costers. Um, the man co-stars. Uh, co-stars. Oh, <laughs> Just hasn't uh, hyphenated it. He hasn't hyphenated it. I just was reading. <laughs> Whatever a Costa is, you know, I like it. It's a coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, the man is insanely good at what he does. If Volume 1 is anything to go by, I can't wait for the Doctor Chronicles, the 12th Doctor, Volume 2. And on the Twitter sphere, uh, at Wobbly <laughs> says, at Big Finish, just downloaded the 12th Doctor Chronicles. So far, it's a hit with this Whovian, exclamation mark. Biggerly boo. Right, so on to Doctor Who short trips, deleted scenes. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who short trips, deleted scenes. The room was on its feet, applauding, as everyone welcomed the beautiful blue box that had appeared on stage. Jamie and the Doctor exchanged bewildered looks. Indeed, she lied, stopping in front of them. I hope you enjoyed my little joke, Georges. I so rarely get to surprise you. Bellier ran a hand over his hairless head. So the blue box? A commission, interjected Celine, for my film. Jamie sat in the warehouse courtyard, his shadow long in the evening sun. The afternoon's filming had gone very well. He had never considered himself to be the sort of person who could act. Thank you for having a wee word with that fella for us. Celine smiled. The pleasure was all mine, Monsieur McCrimmon, and may I compliment you on your French? Jamie blushed. <laughs> well, you've got me there. I don't speak any. Celine eyed him intently. Oh, come, Doctor. I've lied enough for the both of us tonight, no? You and Jamie appeared from the ether itself. Surely, mademoiselle, that is impossible, said the doctor, his face like a, a kindly mountain. Which is unfortunate, doctor, because it is also what happened. In my experience, only the very best of men cannot be tempted to uh, answer that cruelty with more. I do sincerely hope that you are the best of men, the doctor whispered before releasing him. Big finish. We love stories. And you can get a hold of this one if you go to bigfinish.com and type deleted into the search pane at the top. Mm. Just type that and that's what will come up, deleted scenes. It, it, won't, it won't delete the website, no, don't worry well, about that. Give it no. a go. Uh, first up, <laughs> doctorwhowatch.com say deleted scenes is a wonderfully romantic story and an impressive writing debut from Angus Dunnican for Big Finish. Blogtowho.com says, although not an obvious romance story for Valentine's Day, there is an intimate feeling. Mm. The relationships between characters helped make this story mm. such a success with the skillful narration elevating it even further. Well Deleted Scenes is a great short trip and comes highly recommended. That's nice. Cultbox.co.uk says, Fraser Hines performs, providing his now familiar take on Troughton's Doctor as well as voicing Jamie. He also offers a few French accents, a few French accents, you know, amongst oh, others, oh, yeah. uh, directed by, sensitively by Lisa Bauman. Have you met Lisa Bauman? Are you sure? Uh, this is a charming, <laughs> charming entry into the short trips range and well worth a listen. Amusingly, as the writer's Twitter shows, deleted scenes has also inspired a one-off period Lego set too. Really? It's absolutely fab. Yeah, is, look is at that. Yeah. Honestly, you'll like it. It's really so good. See, see if I can click on that. Open link. Uh... 
Look at that, it's brilliant. I want one of those in my life. Wow. So did he make this? Yeah, I mean, that is superb, isn't it? Well done to Angus Dunnikin. Comedy acting writer. Comedy acting and writing. Tentative hope punk. Almost certainly thinks you're great. (laughs) Thank you, Angus. Yes. Now I've learned something today about Angus. Uh, Anyway, you you get four out of five stars from Cult Box, Angus. Nice one. Well, that's it for the reviews this week. Mm-hmm. Next week, we'll be, look- uh, we'll be looking at uh, Gallifrey, Time War 3. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, nil. Coming up soon, listeners' emails. But first, let's go behind the scenes with the new Countermeasures team. Oh, it says here, discuss. Oh, well, Countermeasures. Have you ever listened to Countermeasures, listeners? Countermeasures are the people from uh, Remembrance of the Daleks, the uh, Sylvester McCoy, Seventh Doctor story. Oh, Benji's drinking some orange and I'm really envious. Mm, squash. Oh, I've just got water. Top tip to anybody out there. Don't bother with the Robinson stuff. Own brand squash is great. Like, <laughs> so right, much right. nicer. So much nicer. This isn't Save a those pennies. Podcast for- Save those pennies. <laughs> Yes, we're we're rather addicted to the uh, Tesco's own brand um, lemon and the oh, lime it's a one winner. as well. It is yeah. a winner, absolutely. Anyway, sorry, we're talking about uh, the new new countermeasures. So we got together the t- the team from Remembrance of the Daleks quite some years ago to do countermeasures. So who are the characters? There's Rachel Jensen, isn't it, Professor Rachel Jensen? Yeah, Alison, um, and Allison. Group Captain Gilmore. Chunky Gilmore. Chunky Gilmore. And Tobias. Sort of, um, yeah, and now we created a character called Tobias Toby Vaughan. Kinsella. Yeah. Oh, it's to, no, no, Tobias no, Vaughan. <laughs> we created to, is it to, Toby Kinsella? Toby Kinsella. It? Hello. <laughs> Good evening. Um, yes, Toby Kinsella. Yeah, we invented Tobias Vaughan. Yeah, yeah. I've gone back in time. And invented, yeah, I invented the Daleks as well, obviously. Um, <laughs> TARDIS, one of well, mine. this is such a helpful <laughs> section of the podcast, isn't it? I hope it's all making sense. Anyway, so they're kind of proto-unit group, aren't they? And they sort of Absolutely. encounter all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And um, for this huge sort of finale for them, really, uh, they encounter the Mavellans and the Daleks. It's a two-story release. So, uh, well, no, it's, I think they come out as two separate stories, don't they? Thank goodness mm-hmm. for all this accurate information. <laughs> Well, I'd like to say one thing though about um, about I hope it's uh, the new countermeasures. Anything I say, and countermeasures in general, um, is that they have a fantastic atmosphere to them because they're they're kind of historical pieces. Original countermeasures was set in the '60s, which is when uh, Remembrance of the Daleks was set, mm-hmm. and the new countermeasures is the '70s, and so you've got that cool kind of vibe. And like Nick, you've been doing the music since yeah. they began, haven't you? And so it's got that real, obviously, who better <laughs> than to, to you know get the kind of vibe going so if you like your historic things as well as your doctor who and uh, you know it's just classy so it's well worth getting involved with that one yes when i do the music for it i have to wear uh, flared trousers and large collars anyway which is what i wear anyway (laughs) so (laughs) let's go behind the scenes with the mavellan maneuver spelt correctly hello i'm ken bentley and i'm the director of new countermeasures should we go for a take yes okay everybody we are rolling and uh, opening. The Helper 2000, coming soon to a store near you, from Claire Industries. Claire Industries? Lady Claire? Lady Suzanne Claire? Hmm, apparently so. She's back. And she's branched out. 
This is all a bit of a shocker, really. It had been cancelled, hadn't it? Everybody yeah. had been told when we finished the last box set and that last remaining episode, which was a last remaining episode for other technical reasons, it had never been planned as the end, so we hadn't really finished anything. So it, it would have been an unusual place to leave it had we left it there. So it's quite nice to come back with a feature-length story and um, put a full stop on the end of it. Or is it? Hi, I'm John Donny. I wrote Countermeasures The Mavellan Manoeuvre. The email went round at the beginning of this year saying that we were going to be doing a couple more standalones, and I jumped at the chance to write one um, because I hadn't had a chance to write for the last set of Countermeasures. The only time I'd written for them recently was for the Legacy of Time set. I basically cleared my entire schedule to think, well, I can kind of do this quite quickly now because I'd had a strong idea of what the central premise was going to be. Back when we'd been having the initial discussions, I think I'd suggested the idea of um, of, of the Mavellans as robot butlers. Obviously, when you're actually working out the practicalities of that, there was part of my brain going, that kind of sounds a little bit silly and a little bit uh, implausible in the 70s. So I just got to thinking, what's still using that basic idea and still keeping the Mavellans, what can I do with that story? I am Pamela Salem, and I am playing Professor Rachel Jensen. Rachel is a very interesting character. She runs this department. Well, she's part of the team, but she is sort of meant to be in charge of them. And uh, she seems to be motivated without a lot of feelings, but during the various episodes, she has now developed quite a, an interesting relationship with everybody, particularly group captain Gilmore and uh, she's mentor to uh, obviously to the others as well so it's developed very nicely they know us and so they've given us lots of interesting bits to do when we started it was more more cipher like and now really I think people listening will agree with that they've they've developed really good storylines I really enjoy doing this this one is great fun my name is Simon Williams and I play Captain Gilmore, known as Chunky. If you want to carry on wasting time, by all means, be my guest, but I'm not going to stand around watching. Ian, come back. Well, that got a little more heated than I expected. Oh, he'll be all right in time. He just doesn't like feeling useless. He always wants to be doing something. Captain Gilmore um, is not the brightest member of the team. He's very keen and enthusiastic. I have a sort of image of him being the kind of dog that comes into a room wagging his tail and knocks all the little ornaments on the table off. But he's very keen and um, he's a very loyal chap, but he's not terribly quick. My name is Karen Gledhill and I play Alison Williams. Alison is the youngest of uh, the, little, the little group of uh, countermeasures and uh, the most physically, probably the most physically able and therefore often gets into scrapes and um, she ends up having to do usually quite a lot of running or um, she gets put put in, in interesting in, in places and, and positions. In this story, there's quite a lot of dependence on her technical expertise, her understanding of, of uh, alien technology, how it works, what she might be looking for. There's that combined with also the sense of adventure that uh, is usually invested in Alison. My name is Hugh Ross and I play Sir Toby. Well, he's always been a bit of an enigma. He's a, keeps, he plays his cards very, very close to his chest. He's extremely dry, 
there's been all sorts of speculation about what his private life might be and nobody seems to have been able to quite work it out and he always seems to be sort of one step removed from everybody else but at the same time to have his finger completely in the pulse of what's actually happening even from the get-go we were also very keen on having lady claire when we'd been talking about it as a series three set she was very clearly part of the mavellan story so like selling out these robots was the concept my name is carolyn seymour and i play lady claire the most glamorous arms dealer in the world <laughs> why send in the troops and risk casualties when you could be a little more subtle make people not just eager for you to infiltrate but to actually Pay money for the privilege. You volunteered your services? For a price, naturally. I usually play with the baddies. There's more room for sarcasm and there's more room for, for hideous behaviour when you're playing an ennobled villain. We've always enjoyed working with Carolyn uh, Seymour on these and it's a fun character to write, so you sort of would have to bring her back. Why wouldn't you? I do remember it being one of my favourite moments when we were discussing doing these two episodes sending out the email saying do we have lady claire for these and i think initially getting the email back going off we're not sure we'll you know because she doesn't live in the country we'll see how it goes and then getting the email back a few minutes later going no it's fine she's on she's okay we're good for this and i was about the happiest i've been in ages so it was a really joyous day of emails she enjoys the challenge of these little people but she knows that she's better than they are so that's her confidence is what rules her she's a tricky one he rather admires her because she's got such panache because you're never quite sure what you're getting with her. So he, he, perhaps he recognises something in Lady Claire. But um, she's always full of ideas and um, dreaming up little things. To, so she's a challenge and a cha he likes a challenge. Uh, even though she can, it's annoying that she's still there challenging him, he likes it. She's never boring. Lady Claire is so heavily in this one. It's great fun and John seems to have got my way of saying things so there's a lot lots of rooms for, for put downs and jokes and things it is it's, of course it's funny if lady claire has exposed us as would seem logical then that isn't enough to survive a frontal assault i quite enjoy the mavellans uh, they are an interesting idea i liked watching it back the realization i'd basically done the same thing as terry nation did of having these androids played as if they're not androids to start with so hopefully it's a surprise in the case of the tv serial obviously they're all kept a bit in their own way whereas here it's um, the character of morris who I, I wanted to play with as a spy figure but then thought yeah there's a lot of fun if it's actually the novella hiding in in plain sight my name is cyril unry and i play maurice who is a novella it's interesting to step into this side of it because i i've done a bit around the visual side of it over the years and um yeah so i i've never done the radio stuff which is which has been fabulous yeah it's really it's wonderful it was an interesting one today of course because out of the cast he was the only newbie everyone else was someone who's played these characters before which made the whole day feel really smooth sailing really because everyone was so familiar with what they were doing and knew what they were doing and are so good at it you know the regulars and and carolyn's just a delight anyway and then Cyril just came in and was straight on it as well so it felt like there was nothing to worry about for the entire day it felt broadly redundant everyone was just turning up and being brilliant looking at the the pictures of them from the time they're all very 
or very funky, what I would call Studio 54, Embassy Club, disco-type divas, <laughs> with their sort of slightly, um, I don't know what, what you would call them, sort of silver dreadlocked hair and um, very disco queen outfits. These look human. You know, they they definitely look humanoid and um, they pass as humanoids. And so they're different from anything I've seen recently Yeah, in the Who series. And if you want to get your hands on the Mavellan Maneuver, spelled correctly, just type uh, Mavellan, that'll do, into the search pane at bigfinish.com and you'll be able to order it. Now, brace yourselves for listeners' emails. Well, if you're stuck inside, then you've probably got time to listen to the emails. I mean, there's not really a lot else to do, or is write there? one. Or write one, yeah. I mean, do that, actually. You know, if you've got a pen. Um, you don't need a pen. You've got a keyboard, I suppose. But yeah, write in. We've been reading loads of them um, because there's not been a lot for us to do. I'm joking, Wiz. We're just working as normal. Um, but if you want to message us, you can. It's so easy. Go to podcast at bigfinish.com. So easy. Podcast at bigfinish.com. And it might be you has your email read out. It's interesting to say we're just working as normal. I'm, I'm working more than normal. There's so much to <laughs> work out and, and, you know, phone meetings and constant emails sorting things out and coming up with new projects so well, I've, I've had a, a weird scenario where i'm because my sister um is at home with us at the moment and um and she's been told to work from home so i said to her look there's you've got nowhere to work you've got no desks or anything you know it's like she was working in the kitchen and it's cold in there mm. so i said look i've got a computer space over over here so she's been working in here with me so yeah. of course it's been proving to be this hilarious scenario where um where she's trying to do all these sort of important businessy things, meetings and emails and all this sort of stuff. And all she can hear sort of is Daleks shouting in the background. That's more important though. It's more important and that's more more fun. She she sent she sent some video to her colleagues of of her sitting there like, oh for God's sake. And then me in the background just like playing with the synthesizer. You know, doing all these silly noises. Well I saw when I spoke to you the other day, she she's had that long suffering look on her face like, oh God, now he's talking to some old bloke with a beard. What's going on? And the beauty is we've got weeks more of it. Although um, it's quite funny because there's um, the keyboard that she was using is a mechanical keyboard. So if you can hear this, I'll move the microphone. Is it really over. noisy? It's really, really noisy. Yeah, Go listen on. to this. I'm quite surprised how far this microphone can actually move. Oh. Yeah, that's really noisy, isn't it? So, um, so we've had to buy a, a, a quiet keyboard because it was driving me up the wall. Because yeah. I was trying to like trying to to really get the, uh, the the precise sounds that you need for, for yes such I, important surely, things as Doctor um, Who. Uh, you could just squirt a load of Nivea hand lotion in. I'm sure that would quiet it. <laughs> Slip off the A and straight onto the Z. I've still got orange juice on my computer from my orange juice explosion the other week in the Big Finish office. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, sorry, we are meant to be doing emails, aren't we? Sorry about that. No, this is the Orange Orange Juice podcast, um, <laughs> s- sponsored by uh, Keyboards. 
Um, anyway, this is from our old friend Kevin Parker. Hi, guys. I just started on the latest batch of Tom Baker audios and have to say I enjoyed Purgatory 12 on the whole. But I'm surprised and disappointed that with Chess playing a significant role in the script, how obvious it is that no one involved understood Chess or bothered to get someone who did to review it. It didn't ruin the story, but it was more than a little jarring to hear the move Queen's Pawn to Rook 1, which is totally impossible <laughs> under any circumstances. Oh, no. And some of the other moves, uh, whilst not impossible, are highly implausible even to a duffer like me. Imagine someone who knew nothing about sound recording using the phrase, using the phrase he took a photo with his microphone. <laughs> That's about equally nonsensical. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I would, uh, I, it would have been easy enough for Mark Platt or anyone involved to crib from records of actual matches yeah, yeah, yeah. or just get someone who knew chess to suggest realistic moves. I have got um, an answer to this. Do carry on, yeah. Um, I suppose it's just a quibble, uh, but you all do such excellent work most of the time. It's disappointing when you fall short of your high standard. All the best, Kevin. Kevin, Ooh. yeah, I take the criticism totally on the chin. Well, I mean, I... I admit I've never played chess. I don't know anything about it apart from, you know, it's a game and the obvious things. Um, so I relied on the vast and towering intellects of John Leeson and uh, Tom Baker, both of whom so those don't blame Bart Pratt because none of those chess moves are in the script. They're not the ones that you're <laughs> that that is all. Uh, John Leeson and Tom Baker telling me that that's what we should say so uh, you know and they were very forthright and very <sighs> certain that they were correct so I just did what they said was right so that's so I'm I'm dumping them in it because there's no chance they're listening to this <laughs> suddenly all these all these matches between the doctor and canine playing chess it's all just complete nonsense now they're just yes. sitting there um, queen to uh that wardrobe over there. <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> he took a photo with his microphone. <laughs> oh dear! I've, I'll tell you one thing. I've so got the, a, a the final thing I want to um, say is sorry, really sorry, Kevin. Sorry to take you out of the drama there. Our mistake. I'll know next time not to trust actors who present me with their towering intellect. Yeah. Madness. What were you saying? I've got, I've got, I've got a friend who, um, he's a champion chess player. To such the extent, this is very sci-fi, that they have programmed the way in which he plays chess wow. into a computer, so that if you if you go online, you can just play chess against him. Yeah. So I often so I often message him and say, "Oh, yeah, just lost chess against you again." <laughs> <laughs> That's rather. So, yes, yeah, you know, if you're interested it? in the chess, future. which I'm not. Um, here's one from Larry Van Mersbergen. Hello, Nick and Benji. Still a big fan of the podcast, in spite of everything. I added that last <laughs> bit. I'm sorry my New Year's message didn't get read. Oh, I think it got read. I didn't read it out. Sorry about that. We had a lot of New Year's messages. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Oh, no. I'm uh, changing. I love talking about Big Finish releases to our audience here. I wanted to say that I also am a fan of the books you published. I love the novels of Bernice Summerfield. Very well written. Looking forward to more adventures with Benny. Of course, there will be many more. I hope both of you can come to Chicago TARDIS and do a live podcast. That's not going to happen this year, I don't think. Uh, that way you can get Jason to be there for Ask Jason. That would be good, wouldn't it, Larry? My mm. very best to you both. 
to the both of you. Uh, Larry uh, in uh, Aurora, Illinois, USA. Aurora. 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 Lovely word, that, isn't it? Mm. Aurora. Yeah. Well, well, who knows a... when any of us will ever fly again? Yes. Um, here's one from Jason Hale. Um, hi. Oh, can you hear that? What's that? That's, that's uh, some old fashioned car going past. Oh, yeah. There we go, yeah, it's gone now. Anyway, it says here, uh, Jason Hale, sorry, Jason, got distracted by the outside world. Um, it's so close yet so far. Um, hi, gang. Hope all is well with you. I've been recently listening to Radio 4's adaptation of uh, Ian Fleming's original Bond novels starring Toby Stevens as James Bond. Brilliant. Though not a patch on the mighty Big Finish output, he says in a highly groveling manner, well done. Um, they are beautifully done and are incredibly faithful to the original plots. <clears throat> Unlike some of the movies, he puts in there. Uh, as usual, this ignited by the uh, ever-questioning brain and got me wondering about the possibility of you guys entering the world of Her Majesty's Secret Service. Were you going to say something then? No, I'm just, like, went, I, that was just me breathing, sorry. <laughs> it has to happen, I'm afraid. <laughs> if I didn't do that, then we'd be in trouble. Uh, yeah, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> by this, I'm specifically referring to bringing some of the John Gardner or Raymond Benson continuation novels to life. Mm-hmm. Um, between the two of them, there were 22 adventures set in the late 80s slash early 90s period, most of which were pretty darn exciting Ooh. though there were a couple of total duffers amongst them <laughs> oh, um, okay. the first yeah. five guard the books are ripe for adaptation ripe. the first two especially if you haven't had an opportunity to read any i do recommend them then of course there are the kingsley amos novels uh, colonel's son written shortly after fleming's death which has never been adapted other than in a newspaper comic strip oh. mm-hmm. just imagine big finish doing Bond. Ooh. Maybe with a guest star villain and the unique Benji C theme tune to boot. Oh, I'd love to do a Bond theme. Um, it would be quite epic. Although sadly, although these sit outside of the movie franchise, I'd imagine the rights to the books would may well be way out of reach. I don't really understand how it all works, so <laughs> could you tell me how do you decide what shows or franchises to go uh, after outside of the worlds of Doctor Who? Uh, do you just have a sudden epiphany, or is it something that is regarded? Uh, is, sorry, is, is it something that is regularly discussed by the powers that be? Uh, do you go after the rights, or is there a specific way that you learn of the rights becoming available and decide from there? Nick, do you want to answer that one now? Oh, well, gosh, well, um, all of those things, really. We, t- we have sudden epiphanies sometimes, we, uh, and we certainly do regularly discuss, uh, if we're the powers that be, uh, Jason and uh, David Richardson and me and Hannah and uh, Sue and, you know, and, and Steve as well, marketing. Uh, we, we do discuss these things. Um, and sometimes, yeah, we, we go and find where the rights are or sometimes we see that they're available. Um, it really is all those things. And we decide what we're going to try for on the basis of what we think people will be interested in, what we think we're interested in as well. There's no point in us saying, oh, we really want to do a series about, you know, Pogel's Wood because none of us are interested in it. I suppose if it was evident that a million people would instantly buy Pogel's Wood um, <laughs> audios. For those of you who don't know what Pogel's Wood is, it's a kids' TV programme from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, 
and of no note whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a silly example. Um, yeah, if if so, if there were loads of people obviously wanting something, we'd probably find a way to do it. But we'd have to get in the right talent because we have to have the right level of enthusiasm to do something. And for every new thing we do, there are several blind alleys we've been up um, that don't come to fruition that you never hear about. And, you know, will be for my fascinating <laughs> memoirs. Um, with regard to Bond, since we're talking about that now. Um, of course we want to do Bond, and of course we have asked about it many times, and of course they have said no many times. That's That just about sums it up, really. Um, and we always hope that it might change, but Bond, quite rightly, is a very cherished um, um, franchise and, and very well protected by those who own it and, and care for it beautifully. And so, you know, it's quite difficult to allow another company in to do something like that and also convince them that we would be the best people to do it i mean we we are and we would do a fantastic job of it um but uh obviously i'd say that because i have a lot of belief in big finish and all the fantastic people who work for it but um it's a question of uh, being able to convince the uh, rights holders that it would be a good idea which so far has proved to be an insurmountable task and also then cutting the right deal but we haven't even got to that stage yet nowhere near nowhere in near that ballpark we haven't even entered the city in which the ballpark is located <laughs> to extend the metaphor beyond its shelf life uh, i hope that that's yeah i mean i'm totally with you totally with you you know jason i'm but we we can't do it as yet. Anyway, there's a tiny little bit left of your. Uh... There is, yeah. Well, there's another question here that, that mm. sort of says, uh, "Has there been any specific projects that you'd really love to do, uh, but have been roadblocked because the rights are no go?" Um, well, <laughs> James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, James Bond. Um, and uh, tripods is one of them, isn't it? That's no, that's no. impossible. Oh, yeah, but it's been suggested. No, it has. It's, times, you're but... absolutely right. Yeah, it's the, the rights are owned by Disney and are not available. Um, what else? What else? Um, I mean, obviously, I'd like to do Star Trek, but oh, yeah, we're not quite sure where to start with Star Trek. Yeah, love Star Trek. Would love to do something on that. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, that's enough, isn't it? I think so. I think that's that's a solid answer. Um, continuing here, it says, By the way, three months down the line, have you decided the legacy of Time winner yet? As it's all gone a tad quiet. Oh, well, that's because the um, uh, our marketing department, uh, run by Steve Berry, has had loads of things to do. But a winner has been announced now, and it's Colin Smith. And the Benji and Nick show, the other podcast we do, he does the artwork for us there. And also he, uh, the the Big Finish podcast artwork is something he just sent in for fun. Um, so I have talented, to... Talented, talented chap. So I have to explain that there was no personal bias here, except that his artwork was very good. And there was me and our artist Ben Morris and our main designer Mark Plasto. We were the judges and we all voted independently and I didn't see any of the names of the people who'd submitted it. And so we put we attached votes to each one, you know, third, second and first place. And Colin got the most votes. And then I discovered it was Colin. I thought, oh, 
And I, I did worry that it would look like a sort of um, conflict of interest there, since, you know, we worked with Colin, sort of. Um, but um, I was assured, as Steve Berry said to me, um, you know, Nick, you've been doing this for 20 years. The chances of you uh, knowing a fan artist are quite high. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think, it, but you know, there were two other judges, and I didn't know the names of the people I was voting for. So, hope that's all right. But congratulations to Colin. Congrats. That's amazing. Yeah, and the, the prize is to get a year's worth of big finish for free. God, I mean, that's such a good prize, isn't it? But unfortunately, he wrote to me and said he hates big finish, and uh, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, shove it all in the bin." It's just <laughs> what you need at a time like this as well, isn't yeah. it? Really. Yeah. So um, continuing here in Jason's message, it says here, thanks for everything you do. Can't imagine a world without Big Finish in it. Oh, Best wishes, Jay. P.S. Blake 7 Restoration 3. The last five minutes, wonderful. In capitals and with an exclamation mark. Yeah. All in brackets. All in brackets, yeah. And now Within brackets, I should a say. Space, and now my next bit. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for sending your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. Keep them coming. Cheers. Well, time now for our second behind-the-scenes visit to the world of the new countermeasures. Later, we'll be giving you a 15-minute drama tease of the Mavella Maneuver, spelled correctly. Um, but now we delve backstage to find out about the Dalek Gambit. And there's quite a bit of a certain Nicholas Briggs in here, too. Sorry about that. So be warned. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and I'm the director of New Countermeasures. OK, all. Let's go for one more. Over to you. Lovely. I think in many respects, a story that's sort of broadly speaking more plot is slightly more straightforward. Bizarrely enough, it's slightly more straightforward to record because we know what's going to be done in post-production. Because of that, it's much easier to determine what you need in studio. If it's a big battle sequence, of which we have some in this play, then if, if everybody's in the thick of the battle, you know it needs to be big and loud, people need to pitch up, there's going to be lots going on. And so that's quite sort of straightforward to explain to the cast and, and to record character-driven stuff can be a little bit more tricky actually and a bit more time-consuming in the studio because you need to sort of you need to negotiate that more in the moment and everybody needs to find the beats of the story and make decisions there are sort of more subtle choices about how you play a scene like that and and how you play it in some degree will be determined by how somebody else plays it so you'll, you'll react to what you're given so yeah purely character driven scene can actually be a little bit more sort of tricky and time consuming in the studio I am Pamela Salem and I am playing Professor Rachel Jensen we scientists do have social lives you know well, maybe you need to prove that to me how <laughs> that's a pretty lousy pick up line Ian you know, it, it wasn't a bit, bit well it was, I was nearly oh, alright it was a sort of pick up line but what the hell a Dalek. They both have the problems of their personalities that they don't open up in the way that they should open up. 
you know, I think I live a bit too much in the mind, and Ian's very formal in his upbringing. So the sort of two, every time they nearly open up, something blocks it a bit. That has a consequence, which is an unusual consequence. My name is Simon Williams, and I play Captain Gilmore, known as Chunky. I think he's been holding a, a, a torch for her. I don't think she feels anything for him particularly. I think she sees him slightly as a joke, but he's he would be a very constant and diligent husband for her. He would, I think he'd quickly adapt to married life, having been a bachelor, I suspect. I think they could be quite happy together. You get very fond of characters you play, you know. My name is Karen Gledhill, and I play Alison Williams. I think Alison's very aware of the sort of unspoken tension between, not tension, but sort of attraction, if you like, between... Gilmore and um, and Rachel, to her they're quite uh, they're sort of older people, so she probably thinks it's a bit sort of funny. But she is aware of it. She's very friendly with Rachel, so she does know Rachel very well. She probably knows more about Rachel's past than is expressed through the scripts, because they do spend quite a lot of time together and they are good friends. So they, you know, I think she probably knows quite a lot about it. I think that she's probably more amused by Ian's rather sort of feeble attempts to get uh, Rachel's attention than, than anything else. I don't think she's bothered by it. I don't think she's envious of it or jealous of it. I don't think that, that it's something that she, you know, she's not particularly interested in Ian and therefore she wouldn't, um, she wouldn't begrudge his attentions on, on Rachel, I don't think. There definitely wasn't any of that in the original story. Uh, but obviously, if you're going to track them through the next few years of their life, something has to happen. You don't work with a group without relationships developing I mean we feel like a family anyway it's so nice when we come back to record because you sort of pick up from where you left and it's just a real delight to come back and do that but of course you've got to have somewhere to go you've got to have some journey to go and when we saw it starting I thought oh I hope this carries on of course we don't have any say in that and so each time I say oh look good we've pushed it a little further and we've tried to, I've tried to push it a little further from, from my point of view as a character and this one really, I find very interesting what happens in this one. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm playing the Daleks and Sergeant Tolly. OK, over to you. Mobilent technology detected. Location, a derelict building in an area designated East London. We have detected uncloaked remains of a Mobilent. Set the transmatch coordinates. You will investigate. It's great fun for me being here with them, as I said to them all, individually, repeating the same story each time I said hello. And I think they all look at me in a strange way. This is the story that I feel very close to them all. I feel like I know them all really well. They've been in my head for years. They've been close to my ears for a long time because I do the music for Countermeasures. So I have a sort of intimate knowledge and um, association with countermeasures they don't know me from adam because they do. when i'm listening to them they can't see me funnily enough and i'm at home editing and doing the music i mean so it's it's far more special for me than it is for them but they're being very lovely they, they're such a team aren't they that what a bunch of characters it's lovely to just sit back and watch them in the green room and also hear them working together and you know, you can tell that Simon's a writer as well. He's got a real ear for rhythm in lines and for sort of changing words. If you just change it to that, then you'd get that three more syllables and that kind of thing. It's just lovely to hear. And the, all their little jokes at each other's expense. 
<laughs> no, it's great. I think it's very good that the Daleks, having been a visual terror for so long, are now being made into an audio terror. They hold a very special place in everybody's heart. Yeah, he's really good, isn't he? <laughs> he's really good at those Dalek voices. Because uh, I didn't realise that, that one person would do all the different Dalek voices. And I've been trying to work out how he does them and how that thing works. It sounds like a Dalek. It really sounds quite menacing. It's almost more menacing now listening to it in audio style than when I was seeing it. Because then you're looking and you're seeing the past and you're remembering what they looked like. But to hear it, you're in the scene. Oof, there's a Dalek in the room. Because <laughs> they're so evocative of that uh, time, not only when I was working with the Daleks in the 80s, but actually when I was a child and the Daleks were on the telly in the 60s. So that it's much more evocative of that sort of era. And if you want to get your hands on the Dalek Gambit, just type Gambit into the search pane at bigfinish.com and you'll find positive proof that we haven't done the new Avengers. Um, and, and you'll be able to spot the Dalek Gambit there and order it, please. That'd be good. But time now for the Randomoid Selectatron. Ran has spoken. And it is uh, Doctor Who, the key to time. That's two with a, key two. Ne- with a number two. Yeah. Uh, the Chaos Pool. Chaos Pool. Ah, yes. Now Peter Davison's story with yeah. uh, Lala Let's, Ward as Romana. That's right. Let's have the trailer. Doctor Who, the key to time. The Chaos Pool. The Chaos Pool exists. It was hidden well by its creators and must stay hidden. Even the Guardians couldn't locate it. you. Could that be it? I've waited a long time for this, and you're not going to get in my way, sister. Amy. Amy. The satchel is disintegrating. The segments are decaying and destroying everything around them. Doctor, I'm going to die in here. I burned so brightly. Broken through, Commander. Seize this vessel and slaughter its crew. APs, defend the Commander. You bring me the key. <laughs> the Tuthoidian horde is massing in hyperspace, unwitnessed, unstoppable. A hyperspace phone will be a disaster. It won't just be one Juthoidian vessel arriving from the other end of time. It will be dozens, maybe hundreds. It will cause the big crunch. An unstoppable torrent as the universe condenses to a singularity. Romana, can you hear me? It's the Doctor. Romana, are you there? It's the Doctor. Fabulous artwork. What we used to do is we would have, at the beginning of the year, we would have um, Alan Barnes, the script editor, would have three months off. Well, he'd still be working on other things because of the high volume of scripts coming in. And John Ainsworth would take over and do the work on it. And this is one of his trilogies that he did here. Uh, So, yes, uh, fantastic. It uh, It has the Graceless Girls in it, doesn't it? It certainly does, yeah. There's a series you want to get into with uh, Laura Doddington as Zara and Kira Jansen as Amy, as she's called in this, but we later had to rename her because they created a Doctor Who companion on the telly called Amy. <laughs> it was fantastic. Karen Gillan, amazing. I was watching Asylum of the Daleks last night. 
It's a cracker, that one. It, it never story. fails to make me bring tears to my eyes a bit about their relationship. Anyway, I digress massively. So there you go. The key to time, the chaos pool. You get 25% off that. Uh, do you want to explain how they get that? Yeah, super easy. All you need to do is go to bigfinish.com, head to the podcast section in the menu at the top, um, and then it will say read more under the first or whatever podcast is present at the time. Um, in that, there'll be a blurb, and it will say, it will actually say, the Randomoid Selectron mm-hmm. also features offering you a 25% discount, uh, reduction sorry, on selected release. Just click here, and the here is in bold. You click in there and enter the code BUCKUP in capital letters, B-U-C-K-U-P. Put that in there, and you'll get 25% off. Simple as that. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Ran, as mm. always, delivering the goods with style as well. So time now for us to say goodbye in the style of Group Captain Chunky Gilmore of Countermeasures. Goodbye. Uh, uh, goodbye. Uh, Alison. I'm <laughs> <laughs> laughing at that. And while we're away, why not listen to the first 15 minutes of the new countermeasures, the Mavellan Maneuver. I can still laugh at it. <laughs> Alison. 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 Hello there, Mrs. Housewife. My goodness, that looks like hard work. You must have been cleaning for hours. I can't leave you much time to cook dinner. And I bet he isn't even grateful for that when he gets home. I mean, obviously the sexism is appalling, but I'm not sure stopping that's entirely within our remit. Keep watching. Well, don't worry. Your happiness is important to us. Not enough to give her any lines, obviously. Meet the RoboHelper 2000, the cutting edge of automated technology. Well, that's certainly more interesting. Really? Looks like a motorized biscuit tin. It cooks. It cleans. It even does the dishes. All right. I'm convinced. Sign me up. Where do I find one of these things? Uh, I wouldn't go rushing to the shops if I were you, Gilmore. In fact, practically any task you want, the robo-helper can do. That's remarkably advanced technology. We're probably decades off developing this sort of thing, let alone having it on sale. As I say, keep watching. The robo-helper 2000, coming soon to a store near you. From Claire Industries. Claire Industries? Lady Claire. Lady Suzanne Claire. Hmm, apparently so. She's back. And she's branched out. I thought we'd got her trapped. We all did. I should have known we wouldn't be free of her. She's like a bad penny. Always turns up? No, she's moneyed and awful. (laughs) Those ads have been playing in cinemas across the land. 
I tried to have them pulled, but without any evidence of wrongdoing, that has proved somewhat tricky. Am I missing something? Shouldn't we be grateful the woman's not dabbling in arms dealing anymore? We can't be certain she isn't, Ian. She's had sidelines before. More to the point, her speciality was alien armaments. That leads to a troubling conclusion. That the robo-helper is alien technology. It would answer an awful lot of questions. And pose an awful lot more. What's she planning with this blasted thing, then? It's always possible. It's nothing at all. Mm, of course it is, Toby, but in this reality? That's rather what I want you to find out. These machines will soon roll out across the country. Claire Industries are dispatching lorries full of demonstration models to every major city of conurbation from Land's End to John O'Groats. If she is anything nefarious planned, it will be advantageous for us to discover what that was before she starts doing it. Well, that'll be a bit tricky without having our own model to check. I imagine it will. So, you should probably look into acquiring one. Hello. Uh, welcome to Clare Industries. May I help you? Oh, I do hope so. Yeah. And this little lady and I were at the cinema last night and we saw an advert from one of these here robo-helpers. Isn't that right, Sweet Cheeks? Uh, yes. No, she works very hard at home. Almost too hard, I would say. And But her eyes sure lit up at the prospect of one of these here devices. <laughs> we hear that a lot, sir. H however, I'm afraid they're not currently for general sale. So I believe, so I believe. But you misunderstand me, sir. I don't want to purchase one. No, no, not individually. I want to present you with a deal. Now, you're keeping these devices within this country, am I right? We have plans to go further afield, certainly. But for now, uh, yes, it's just within the United Kingdom. Well, that sure is pity. Uh, or I should say an opportunity. Or card. Right. Well... Actually, why don't I explain, darling? We represent a distribution network. We've many retail outlets on the continent and um, elsewhere. And you'd be interested in working with us? Well, yes. Wonderful. We had been looking for a partner. If you wish to meet with Lady Claire, I'm sure we could arrange something uh, right away. Uh, well, you know... Uh, she's upstairs, as a matter of fact. I believe she's free now. Shall I call through? That's not necessary. Are you sure? It really is the work of moments. No, 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 that might be too much too soon. We'd really like to take a little look over these machines ourselves before we commit to a meeting, you know. Uh, oh, well, we do have a few demonstration models. Would you be interested in taking one of those away? Oh, I would be much obliged. Oh, well, uh, we've, we've got it. <laughs> that was easier than expected. For you, maybe. What was with the voice? Hmm? The voice? Oh, no, no, I, I just thought our planned cover story would make more sense if one of us came from um, another country. Perhaps. I've just no idea which country that was. What? Damn, damn. America. I was doing an American accent. Were you? Oh, do you have a tin ear or something? One of us does. Everyone's a critic.
Uh, Lady Claire? Yes, Maurice? I did exactly as you asked. They bought it. I mean, not the robot, obviously. That was given gratis. I mean, they believed we were fooled. Excellent. They took the robo helper with them. Of course they did. Things are turning out very well, aren't they? Now we've got that thing here, I'm not entirely sure I like having it in the place. Seems like a hostage to fortune. We've taken every precaution, Ian. Uh, surely that's impossible to know if we've no idea what the damn machine actually does. Nothing for the moment. It's not connected to any power source. Which didn't exactly stop the Daleks. You don't seem to... No, or at least I hope not. There's certainly nothing in here that suggests their kind of weaponry. Oh, thank heaven for small mercies. Even so, I... We've an EMP device on standby in case of emergencies. An EMP device? Oh, um, good, good. What is that exactly? Electromagnetic pulse. As simply put, it's a big machine that can cripple technology. Right. Well, I suppose that is probably useful in this case. But you'll forgive me if I have this room watched at all times. You know, cameras, train guards on standby and so on. There's every chance that this thing could be turned into a full-scale killing machine at the drop of a hat. You know, I'm really not sure he could. Oh? I said there was nothing here to suggest Dalek weaponry. I'd go further. There's nothing here to suggest weaponry of any sort at all. What? But there has to be. Otherwise, what's she planning to do with these things? I'm guessing, but housework, from the looks of it. But, I'm sorry? There has to be more to it than that, surely. Does there? Well, we know the technology is unlikely to be from Earth. In all likelihood, but that doesn't mean it's being used for nefarious purposes. You've seen what these things do. People will want to buy them. They'll fly off the shelves. She'll make a fortune. Another one. Maybe that's all she's after. Mm, lepers don't change their spots. And I'm not saying she has. Think about it. It'd still be exploiting alien technology, probably. But if that technology doesn't lend itself to armaments, why waste it? It's a good point. Is it? I could be missing something, though. Alison, do you want to take over here? Maybe a fresh eye will see something I've missed. I'll give it a go. I'll get my coat. Uh, going somewhere? These things are getting manufactured somewhere. A factory or the like. I'm sure I can get an address off Toby. What are you planning? A little midnight investigation. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Going over there. Very well. I'm just about to get through the outer fence. Up. There we are. Now you know I'd still be much happier if I was coming with you. Oh no, it's far easier for a single person to be discreet than a pair. And it couldn't be you. I know what I'm looking for. Nonetheless, I'd rather you didn't put your life at risk. I won't be. They're not going to shoot me for breaking and entering. I'll be sure that this is Lady Claire we're talking about. She's a psychopath. A psychopath whose location we are aware of. Your men have eyes on her. She's at home in London. It's not like she's loitering about on sight. But she does have a personal teleport now. Ah, ah. Well, are always going to be some risks. Comes with the territory. At least I've got you keeping an eye out for me. If anyone turns up unexpectedly, you can lead the charge then. Well, I'd really rather I didn't have to. Well, they were in complete 
agreement. I'm in. I'll keep you informed of anything I find. Hello? Uh, trouble? No. There's barely anyone in here. Well, that's good, isn't it? Hmm, it's odd. They're launching the robo-helper imminently. You think they'd be going full steam ahead? But they're not. I'm not seeing many of those things getting manufactured. A handful at most. They do seem to be having regular deliveries out here. Lots of lorries taking stuff from the building, too. So they're certainly building something. I've only covered one end of the place. Maybe there'll be a nasty surprise in the next wing. I do hope not. Oh. Well, now this looks interesting. What does? You found more of those things? No, I found a transmitter. A transmitter? That's certainly what it looks like. But transmitting what, I wonder? Well, that rather is the question. Mm, yes, and if you'll I'm not going to find answers talking to you. Mm. I'll let you get back to it. I'll maintain radio silence until I hear from you. Be careful. You too. Roger. Quickfire military reactions still in P4, mate. Oh, don't do that to me again. All right, next time I won't come back at all. No, no, that's not what I meant. You went totally silent for 30 minutes. There were more people around. It didn't seem wise contacting you. I was worried. That's very sweet. Oh, I, I thought something had happened to you. I'd almost prefer it if something had. At least we'd have a clue of some sort. What? Start the car. Let's get out of here. We can talk on the way back. And then tell Toby and Allison in the morning. I can't imagine they'll be best pleased. You're saying there was nothing in there? That's exactly what I'm saying, Toby, yes. I mean, not initially. When I first entered the factory, I saw some of those devices getting manufactured, but after that, nothing worth mentioning. A correction, tell them about the transmitter. Oh, yes. There was a transmitter of some kind about halfway through. A transmitter? That sounds promising. For transmitting what? That I couldn't tell you. Right. Less promising. Uh, does the robo-helper have some means of receiving commands via radio waves? Not that I could see. Mm, pity. That felt like a plausible idea. It may still prove of some benefit, but let's hold it for now and continue. After the transmitter, what happened next? Well, then I walked through into the next section of the factory and there was simply nothing there to find. But you said there were people around. I know. It's odd. There were a few walking about the place, but no one seemed to be doing any actual work. Which is pretty strange, whichever way you cut it. If Lady Clare has some diabolical plan in motion, you wouldn't expect her people to be all lackadaisical about it. And if she were running an honest business, just before a big launch, 
You could say much the same thing. It doesn't make much sense, does it? Not one jot. Yeah, which is typical for that blasted woman. She's so crooked she could win a limbo competition standing up. Been saving that one for a while, have you, Ian? Damn it, Rachel. <laughs> She's running wings round us here, laughing at us too, most probably. <laughs> oh, how right you are, Blue Captain. How right you are. Let's not get melodramatic, Gilmore. Lady Clare has no way of knowing we're looking into this. She knows. Of course she knows. What else would we do? The whole setup's just so frustrating. You're telling me I didn't have any more luck than Rachel did looking at the robo-helper. There's not a single offensive device in that thing. Nothing noticeably out of the ordinary. It's not bugged, so it can't be listening to us. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is just too much. Maurice, uh, you are recording this, aren't you? All the transmissions are automatically taped, Lady Claire. Oh, excellent. Oh, I think I'll enjoy listening to this in front of a warm fire when the nights are drawing in. <laughs> oh, Maurice, I must congratulate you. You've concealed everything in there impeccably. Thank you, Lady Claire. You've been listening to a Big Finish production, so don't forget to rate, oh. review, and don't forget to subscribe. Oh, yeah. So easy. So easy. Alison. <laughs> <laughs>